0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Climate Change Weekly Podcast. This week, Greta tells a rally in Denver, Colorado, that young people must be prepared to strike for a very long time for action on climate change and not back down. The IMF says implementing a fossil fuel emissions tax on corporations responsible for CO2 would be the most powerful and effective way of reducing air pollution. An article published in Nature Sustainability says that almost 17,500 lives could be saved if just 27% of China's cars were EVs. And British Airways announces that it will offset all domestic flight emissions from next year. Greta spoke to a crowd of very enthusiastic supporters in Denver this week, and here's a clip of what I feel are the most salient parts of her message.
1: We still have this in our own hands. But to do our best is no longer good enough we all need to do the seemingly impossible we didn't start school striking because we wanted to we didn't do it because we wanted to gain attention or because it was fun we did it because someone needs to do something and that someone could be me it could be you or anyone in this crowd else to do something. No one is too small to make a difference. Never forget that. Yeah. And we will go on every Friday for as long as it takes. The next big global strike is November 20- 29th. And we must prepare ourselves to go on for a very long time, unfortunately. But that will not stop us. We are rising and we will not back down. We will not beg the people in power to care and to act. Because they have ignored us in the past, and they will ignore us again. We will instead tell them that if they won't do it, then we will. The world is waking up, and we are the change, and change is coming whether you like it or not.
0: So we heard from Greta there that the next global climate strike will take place on November the 29th, and that's timed to coincide with the next United Nations Climate Change Conference, which kicks off in Chile on December the 2nd. Obviously, I'd encourage everybody to get involved in that strike, and I'm sure we'll be covering it more in the episodes between now and the end of November. Moving on, on the 10th of October, the International Monetary Fund released a blog post entitled Fiscal Policies to Curb Climate Change. In it, they say... Global warming has become a clear and present threat. Actions and commitments to date have fallen short. The longer we wait, the greater the loss of life and damage to the world economy. Finance ministers must play a central role to champion and implement fiscal policies to curb climate change. To do so, they should reshape the tax system and fiscal policies to discourage carbon emissions from coal and other polluting fossil fuels. They go on to say... Governments will need to increase the price of carbon emissions to give people and firms incentives to reduce energy use and shift to clean energy sources. Carbon taxes are the most powerful and efficient tools, but only if they are implemented in a fair and growth-friendly way. To limit global warming to two degrees or less, the level deemed safe by science, large emitting countries need to take ambitious action. For example, they should introduce a carbon tax set to rise quickly, to $75 a tonne in 2030. About 50 countries have a carbon pricing scheme in some form, but the global average carbon price is currently only $2 a tonne, far below what the planet needs. So my take on this, back in episode 2, we talked about an IMF report which said that fossil fuel subsidies had risen to $5.3 trillion in 2017. We're going to need a tectonic shift in fiscal policy, Of the world's governments to go from those eye-watering levels of subsidy to actually taxing carbon at $75 a ton, a level which is still probably too low to tackle the climate emergency. Next, in an article published in Nature Sustainability on the 7th October, entitled "Air Quality and Health Benefits from Fleet Electrification in China," we learn about the massive improvement in air quality that will come about by adopting electric vehicles. The report says, "We employed an atmospheric chemistry model." to evaluate the air quality impacts from multiple scenarios by considering various EV penetration levels in China and assess the avoided premature mortality attributed to fine particulate matter and ozone pollution. We find higher fleet electrification ratios can synergistically deliver greater air quality, climate and health benefits. For example, electrifying 27% of private vehicles and a larger portion of certain commercial fleets can readily reduce the annual concentrations Of fine particulate matter, nitrogen dioxide, and summer concentrations of ozone by 2030. This scenario can reduce the number of annual premature deaths nationwide by 17,456. So, my take on this in episode 5, we talked about how pollution in some US cities was as bad as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day for 29 years. Here we are seeing that around 17,500 people's lives could be saved by just 27% of China's cars becoming EVs. The sooner we make that transition, the sooner we can start saving these lives. And our final story this week. Last week's podcast was all about aviation and carbon offsetting, and it highlighted that very little was being done about domestic flights. So it's good to see this week a step in the right direction from British Airways. They've announced that they will offset all domestic flight emissions from next year, after their owner, IAG, became the first airline group to commit to net-zero carbon flying by 2050. IAG's chief executive, Willie Walsh, said, We will continue to use carbon-based fuel throughout. We don't see a credible alternative. It's going to be some time until we see an electric or hybrid electric plane. You're looking at smaller aircraft capable of flying up to 150 passengers up to 1,000 kilometres. The technology to cover the entire network is still some time away. So all in all, a very positive step from BA, but I still feel that their aim is to persuade us that it's business as usual. We can keep flying and the offsets will take care of it, but I'm sure that this business as usual approach won't save us from the worst consequences of climate change, and we need to take a much more radical approach. If we were to set an early date for banning flights that emit carbon, we'd then see a massive rise in R&D into electric planes, And that's what we need if we are to continue flying. Now, before we close out the podcast this week, I just want to say a few words about posting a review. Now, some of you have been kind enough to post five-star reviews in the last few weeks, and I'm really grateful for that. I just want to point out that in a world where there's lots of climate change deniers, it's very easy for them to post a bunch of one-star or negative reviews and effectively to kill the podcast, because it won't get found in searches if it's got very poor reviews. So the only way to tackle that is for you guys that are listening to go out there and give it good reviews and that way we can hopefully stave off any climate change deniers that come along here and try to undermine the podcast. So please consider going to your platform and giving it a star or five stars or whatever the maximum you can in order to try and boost visibility of the podcast. So that's all we've got time for today. Have a great week and I'll see you again next time for another episode of Climate Change Weekly.